today on Real Radio. The book of Romans says to us that we are just now declared as holy as Jesus Christ is holy by his blood. And and what does that cause you to do? First of all, it's like, what? And then the next thing is, it's Bible. And then the next thing is, you got to find a place to fall on your face and say, God, you alone are awesome. Precious blood. Welcome to Real Radio with Pastor Jack Hibbs. I'm David J. thanking you for joining us today as we listen, learn, and are challenged by God's Word, the Bible. On today's edition of Real Radio, Pastor Jack now continues his series called Anchored, a study in 1 Peter, with a message called The Christian Life, Part 2. You know, the Apostle Peter was one of the 12 disciples of Christ, and he later became the leader of the first church. Now, there were times when Peter indeed failed the Lord, but learned that through Christ, he could have joy, even in the midst of failure and the pain that it caused. In part one, Peter tells us that while we're still here on earth, we are to live in fear of the Lord, not the terrorizing fear that the world lives in, but that beautiful and healthy kind of fear that puts into us a strong desire to please him. And just like in Peter's day, you and I have immediate access to the Father through prayer. Isn't that a great thing? And you've got a powerful relationship with the Lord, one of love and forgiveness, not being judged by status or merit, but according to our faithfulness. So today, on day two of this message, Pastor Jack goes on to say that there is only one God and one mediator between God and man. And that mediator is the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was God in the flesh who offered himself freely to die on the cross in our place. Jesus counted the cost and lovingly decided that we were well worth saving. And now in his message called The Christian Life Part 2, here's pastor and Bible teacher Jack Hibbs. In a perfect way, Jesus Christ buys you out of the slave market, wraps you up in his arms and says, listen, I know all about the life you've lived and all that's been done to you. And I've, I've purchased you with my own blood. And, I, and listen, I turn you loose. Listen, I turn you loose. And in that moment is the Greek word employed doulos, or douloi, doulos. What does that mean? It means the slave that is set free by the one who purchased him out of slavery turns right around and says, nope, uh-uh, no way. I am never gonna leave you. My life is forever indebted to you for having bought me out and bought me my freedom. And so I hereby will my will to you to love you all the days of my life. And that's the word that the Christian life is described as. Does that describe your life? Have you been brought out of a world that you say, thank God for delivering me that world and Lord, I yield to you completely. Then listen, then you're a Christian. That's what it means to follow Christ. Secondly, verse 18, he said that it's all about direction. Faith is knowing the direction. Now we have a new path. You and I are are so excited and uh, desirous of eternity. We have a new direction. It says that he delivered us from our aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. Now, technically, church, uh, let's be true to the text. Verse 18 here is announcing that you uh, aimlessly followed religious practices, not knowing what they were about, they were given to you by your fathers, and they didn't do anything for you. Traditions are beautiful, but they can't save you. He's saying you did all these things dutifully, but you didn't know what you're doing. He says God's delivered you from that in Jesus. You have a new direction. 
Before I move on to the closing part or the next part of verse 19, I, I, don't, I'm not, I don't want to violate any confidentiality. But very in the very early hours of Saturday morning, I, I received a phone call and, and quickly, I think within 15 minutes, I was at the hospital and this was a precious saint of this church, tremendous brother, a father figure to me. And uh, <laughs> I'm laughing now because he's, he's okay right now, but here's the deal. He's, he's in the hospital and it's great pain. And he wasn't saying, you know, my elbow hurts. He was saying, I want out of here. And I'm thinking, you just got here. I mean, I'm I, the ambulance pulled up. I was standing there at the ER. I saw you. You've only been here for three minutes. Well, that's not what he meant. He said, I want to go see my wife. I don't want to be in this world anymore. I don't want to be here. I'm, I, I, don't want, I want out of here. Oh, now I understood what he meant. <laughs> and he's laying there and he's wired up and that bed was only wide enough for him. I wanted to get in next to him. Let's go. <laughs> He made you want to get ready to go. He made you want to follow that direction. He wanted to go to heaven. Now, to, probably to his disappointment, he's recovered. <laughs> but he loves the Lord and he wants to go to heaven. No longer aimless. You know, pe people that are aimless are terrified of death. Look, I'll be honest with you. I'm terrified of the pain that leads up into the moment of death. I'm not afraid of death. I'm afraid of the needles and I'm afraid of the pain before all that stuff. Okay? But what a beautiful reminder. He was laying in that hospital bed and he was in great pain and basically he was saying this, I'm not aimless. I'm not wandering. My soul knows exactly where it wants to go right now. I actually had to tell him, you need to keep your voice down because they're going to think that they should put you in a in, the, house, in the, the other hospital down the street. And he goes, okay, you're right, I got you, right? <laughs> but do you have that drive? Do you have that target set in your life? Faith is knowing the direction. Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man, listen about direction, no man comes to the Father but through me. What a great statement. What a great truth that is. And then verse 19 tells us that the Christian life is anchored because the past is all about your faith and the fact that faith is knowing the cost. I always find this remarkable and amazing. Our faith is how we embrace the cost of our salvation. It says, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish, without spot. This is the doctrine of substitution in your Bible if you're taking notes. It means the fact that Jesus was our, another big word, propitiation, that Jesus died as our substitute in our place as taught in the Bible. And by the way, that's true from Genesis to Revelation. A friend of mine I know doesn't know the Lord, but he wrote a book. He's talking about religious matters, and he completely missed that in his book. Again, he's not a Christian. He doesn't get it. But from Genesis to Revelation, it's all about a lamb, and that lamb would take away the sins of the world. And this act of the substitution 
of Jesus Christ in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. The Bible says, for there is one God, remember this verse, and one mediator between God and man. I'm going to pause at that comma for effect. Please look in your Bibles. Look at the screen if you don't have, the, if you have, if you don't have a Bible. There's one God, says the Bible. One God. And one mediator between God and men. And that is the man, Christ Jesus, watch this, who gave himself, here's that word, a ransom for all. So all were held captive. Look at the verse. There is one God. In Judeo-Christian theology, Genesis to Revelation, there's one God. And one mediator. Notice the M is capitalized, not because it's capitalized on the slide. It's capitalized in the Greek New Testament because it speaks of deity. You've got to wrestle with that if you don't understand or don't embrace the deity of Jesus Christ. Just that one word, one mediator, means that there cannot be two mediators. There can't be two. It's not you. It's not the Pope. It's not you and Jack. It's not you and Billy Graham. It's not you and anybody else. One. It's Jesus. There's one God, and that God is one mediator. And that mediator is the go-between. I like to to look at it this way. I like to grab, as it were, God on one side of my hand and mankind on the other side of my hand, and this image that I'm standing here would be like Christ, and he's pulling the two together into himself. That's what Jesus did. That's why the Bible says if you go to him and trust him and lean upon him and call upon him, he'll respond, he'll save you. He'll forgive you of your sins because you in doing that, you're announcing I'm a sinner and I need Christ as my mediator and he's the only one. That verse goes on to say that he is the man. Again, capitalized man. He is the original man. Listen, the original man in our context or thinking was Adam. But the book of Romans says another one has come, and he is the last Adam, Jesus Christ. Adam was perfect, Adam failed. Jesus came, God, in human skin to fulfill what Adam failed. Verse 6 went on to say there a moment ago, 2 Timothy chapter, or 1 Timothy chapter 2, who gave himself a ransom for all. Let me tell you, man, if you want to memorize a couple verses, that's good stuff. That's wonderful. The precious blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Again, you're tired of hearing about it. We have got to break this slavery of thought in our minds as Christians that if we somehow, listen, live a better life, do good things, and don't uh, cuss, and don't drink, and don't this, and don't that, if I abstain from all of these things, then God will accept me into heaven. What do you think the answer to that is? Absolutely not. If you approach God saying, I have become very moral, I've really cleaned up my act, and now I'm ready to come to God. First of all, that's a delusion and and an illusion. Satan will see to it that if you 
stopped overeating and you've championed that and then you move on to your next vice and it, it might be smoking and then you conquer that and the next thing is fill in the blank and you get all yourself morally cleaned up, Satan will see to it that you never come to Christ because he, he will be happy to expose to you the next fault in your life. Did you know that there's probably a truckload of people in hell this morning and they're very good people? So good, they believe they didn't need the blood of Christ. They were that good. Have you ever tried to witness to somebody and they don't need Jesus? That's the hardest person in the world to win to Christ. Self-righteous, self-deceived, self-reliant. I'm being pretty hard on this because, listen, the Bible says that we're redeemed by his precious blood. Precious there's no other. In my office, a CIA operator years ago was deployed in the Middle East, a Christian from this church. And I forget what it's called, maybe you know, but when he came back from Taliban country, he had brought me this metal handle with chains on it with fish hooks. The whole contraption from handle to the end was about this long. And he said, you see this? He said, in that region, Muslims, to make atonement for their sins, would take that device and flog their backs, and he said they just were shredded in their own blood. Let me ask you this. At what point have you bled enough to forgive you of your thought life or of your actions? See, the God of the Bible is holy and pure and you can never bleed enough. That's why you need the precious blood of Jesus. You say, I would never do that. No, but are you, are you a good... Uh, is, it a, is Hinduism practice karma? Is it the karma thing for you? You say, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, you do. Listen, if you're not trusting in the blood of Jesus, you think like this. I think, I think in the end when I stand before God, my good will outweigh my bad. Where's that in the Bible? You see, I'm glad that you're morally sound and that you're a good citizen. We all appreciate that. But when it comes to getting to heaven, this is what it means. To love God... To love God and to come to God through Christ Jesus and to understand that you can never perfect yourself. And when he delivers you from that slave market by his precious blood, you fall on your face in adoration of him. And no one has to say to you anymore, thou shalt not. <gasps> Wait, you, thou shalt not. Did you know where there's a lot of rules and regulations, there's lack of spirituality? Didn't our founding fathers say, and they warned us, if, you, if this nation ever has to write many laws, it's because we've departed from liberty. And look at our land today. The more lawlessness, you gotta write laws. Does this make sense? You're awful quiet. You know what I'm talking about. The more we go crazy in our world, the more we have to create laws. Why? Because the law in man's heart is gone. 
There used to be a day if you lost your wallet in the street, you could go back and find it at the end of the day. But now in man's hearts, there is no God. There is, it's look out for number one. Evolutionary belief reigns and rules. It's the survival of the fittest. And once again, we have a shoot up in America. And then everybody gets on the ridiculous TV screen and they ask this incredibly ignorant question. Why is this happening? Because we've told them they're animals. We've, we've, read, we've raised them up to the system saying you're nothing but a, a, a highly advanced monkey. There's no accountability. No, listen, you've been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus because God made you body, soul, and spirit. You've been created in the image of God and God says that it would take his own blood to wash away your sins and in the same truth, and it's the same genre of, of positive God not only washed away your sins, that's a positive act, but he elevated you up, and that's why the book of Romans, it's tough, to, it's tough to receive, but it's Bible. The book of Romans says to us that we are just now declared as holy as Jesus Christ is holy by his blood. And it, when, what does that cause you to do? First of all, it's like, what? And then the next thing is, it's Bible. And then the next thing is, you gotta find a place to fall on your face and say, God, you alone are awesome. Precious blood. Third and final point, we end in verses 20 to 21. The Christian life is anchored because today is all about his love. Faith, hope, and love. And we see in verse 20 that God's love was greater than the risk. It says in verse 20, he indeed was foreordained. Please circle that profound word before the foundation of the world the word foreordained means to know beforehand. Obviously, it's very simple, but it's deep. It means foreknew, foreknowledge. God knew beforehand to be prescient, or to know that previously. God knows all. And here's the thing, and I say this almost with tongue in cheek, that because today it's all about the love of God, you can cheer up. We can cheer up, Christian, because God's love is greater than the risk. You say, what do you mean risk? Well, God doesn't take risk. That's, in, that's impossible for God to take a risk. I'm not quite sure how you would describe it. It would be a, a great theological uh, debate and paper to write, no doubt. But because God foreordained our redemption, and this brings me comfort. I, I, I confess to you today, I do not understand this. I receive it by faith. God knew in advance before Jupiter was flung into space, before all the orbital mechanics were established by God. God knew before all of that in eternity past that God would create mankind, that mankind would sin against him, and that he would redeem my, mankind by his own precious blood through the blood of his son. Ladies and gentlemen, church family, I cannot do anything with that but receive it by faith. Amen. Because I know how you and I are if you and I know something's going to go horrifically bad, if we could know that in advance, we will not go through with it. We won't do it. And yet, in life, in a way, we live it every day. How many of you know somebody else? Raise your hand. <laughs> some of you just can't. I'm convinced now, after all these questions over these, some of you just will not raise your hand. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> You do know somebody. 
And let's assume for a moment you love them. Do they hurt you? Have they hurt you? On our side, love to love somebody is a risk. You know, there's a thing in life that is a phobia. It's self-protection. To have a protectionary view of yourself. I am not going to get involved because I might care. You know, doctors will tell you, and I understand that to a point. They have to survive themselves. But doctors will, you know, they'll walk into your room and they'll say, Hi, how are you? Nice to meet all of you. Uh, Mr. Jones, you're dying, and uh, you've had probably about seven, seven weeks, and uh, Nurse Susie here will help you regarding this. There's counseling regarding this, and um, I'll take it later. And he just walks out. And you think to yourself, what a cold-hearted, what did you want him to do? Did you want him to throw himself on the ground and, and just start screaming, there's no hope, and it's over, and it's all done? And then, he, and then when you feel satisfied, he stands up, dries his cheeks, goes to the next room and you hear him do it all over again? He's got to do that 10 times a day. And listen, I've had a doctor tell me, I got to protect myself because I have a family too that I go home to. If I took all the care that I see every day, he said, I would probably die of a heart attack if I, if I cared beyond the limit of what I should care. I'm a doctor and watch this. But if I care too much, then it skews my ability as a doctor. So here's the deal. I don't know about you. I don't know how you pick a doctor. He's a nice guy. I like him. Don't pick your doctor like that. I don't care what his bedside manners are. I want the best doctor in the world to be taking care of me. I'm not going to marry that doctor. I want that doctor to fix me. Are you with me? Here's the amazing thing. God, who knows and cares about all, entered into your situation and mine, entered right into Adam and Eve's world, all because of love. There's no risk. It was in his plan. That's how much you are loved. It was all in his plan. There's no sin that you can commit. There's no thing that you can perpetrate that says all of a sudden God cannot forgive you and God cannot save you. The only thing that keeps you from experiencing that is not coming to him. And you'd be rejecting such love. Look at verse, or look at Luke chapter 9, verse 22. Luke 9, 22. And Jesus said of himself, the son of man must suffer many things. Wow, he knew that. And be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, the religious leadership of the Jewish nation and be killed and be raised the third day. He knew that. Does that comfort you? It should comfort you. Pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs, here on Real Radio, in a message called The Christian Life, Part Two. Thanks for joining us today. You know, our prayer is that you come to know Jesus in a very personal way so that you too can experience the salvation that he longs to give you. The Christian Life, Part 2. It's part of Pastor Jack's series called Anchored, a study in 1 Peter. It's a series that takes us through the life and times of the Apostle Peter, whose love for Jesus Christ carried him through great persecution and whose compassion for others still inspires us today. And we'll continue on the next edition of Real Radio. You know, Peter was no stranger to being attacked from all sides. Our common enemy, Satan, never sleeps. That's the truth. And that's why it's important to combat whatever you're going through with prayer, power of the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God. 
Peter only had the Old Testament available to him, but today we've got the entire Old Testament and the New Testament. We also have lots of other sources to choose from, but did you know that there's a trusted resource right there at our fingertips through Pastor Jack's YouTube channel? Hundreds of videos available, including Bible studies and what you need to know to live a victorious life in today's world. Pastor Jack's YouTube channel is called Real Life with Jack Hibbs, and you can access it through YouTube or through our website, reallifewithjackhibbs.org. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. And if you need to get a hold of us, call us, 877-RR-RADIO. That's 877-777-2346. This program is made possible by the generous contributions of you, our listeners. Visit us at reallifewithjackhibbs.org. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. I'm David J. Until next time, Pastor Jack Hibbs and all of us here at Real Radio wish for you solid and steady growth in Christ and in his word. We'll see you next time here on Real Radio.